It's just really made me like really just appreciate my relationships and be grateful for all the relationships and friendships I have and like just pour love into everyone as much as possible because again, it's cliche to say, but it's like you never know when it's like the last conversation, the last time you're going to talk to somebody. Allison, it's good to see you here. Nice to see you as well. Last week, Allison was here for Roland's episode that was, if we're talking in the future, his episode was last week, and she was sitting as a, a, a voyeur on the side, and now you're here as a guest. Yes. So tell me what you're doing here. Um, I'm back to, you know, talk about somebody that passed in my life, one of the most important people, my father. Um yeah, that's that's why I'm back to have that discussion. There we go. I mean, that's the it's one you know minor thread that we have in common, both losing our dads. And remind me, you lost him at a young age, no? Yeah, um, my father passed away when I was ten. Okay, I was twelve, so yeah. a little earlier than me. So, where so feel free to you know, I'm not sure how many times you've told this story, but what what happened to your father? So, um, literally going back in my memory. Um, I remember it as just like a, a normal day. Um, I know my dad, my brother used to play um, basketball every Sunday. They would go out and play basketball. And it was like a normal day. Like they were getting ready to go play basketball. I remember them coming down the stairs. Like I gave my dad a kiss. I was like, bye, bro. Like, And then like they left and went to go play basketball. And that was the last time I ever saw my dad. And um, after that, it was like a weird array of events that kind of happened around it. Um, looking back now, I could tell my mom was just doing a lot of things to kind of like protect me. Um, my mom actually serves in the military. So um, we were home with my dad at the time, and my mom was serving in New Jersey. Okay. So my mom wasn't even home. So I remember um, being home, and then I got a call that my neighbor was going to come pick me up, like my next door neighbor, shouts out Krish and Lily. We're going to pick me up and take me to McDonald's. They're like, they were like, oh, do you want to go to McDonald's with Christian Lily? And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I love McDonald's. So, like, they picked me up and we went to McDonald's. And I remember Krish getting, like, a phone call. And, like, her whole, like, demeanor kind of changed, you know? And, like, we finished eating. But then I, I remember her telling me, like, okay, um, your Uncle David is going to come pick you up, which was, like, a very close family friend of mine. Um, who also is, like, the father of my childhood best friends. Like, both of our families kind of, like, were joint at the hip, like, raising us and growing up. Um, so they told me uh, my Uncle David was going to come pick me up, and I was like, oh, okay, awesome. And they told me I was going to spend the night at my best friend's house. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, sounds good. So, like, I went back home. I got clothes to go spend the night at my best friend's house. Did that. The next day, my Uncle David was, like, taking me back to my house. And... Um, the last thing he said before I got out the car, he was like, Allie, I just want to let you know that, like, I really love you so much and I'll always be here for you. And all this stuff. And I'm just looking at him like, OK, love you, too, Uncle David. Like, what's, you know, like, Is that was, a little out of the it was so out of the ordinary. Like, normally it'd be like, OK, Allie, love you. Like, had fun, you know, but I could tell like it was like a different energy he was like putting forth in that goodbye. Like, mm. it was very like a if you ever need me, like I'm here type of thing and I was just like okay Uncle David like I know like <laughs> stop it you weirdo exactly I was like I was like what is really going on here like that's strange then I remember walking to my door and my mom opened the door and again uh, my mom was in New Jersey serving so like my mom opens the door and I'm like what is my mom doing here I'm like hey mom like what's up 
And as she opens the door, like my aunt was also in the house. And then my dad's boss was in the house as well. And another close friend of my mom's was in the house as well. So I like, I walked in and I'm like, okay, like, hi, everybody. Like, what's up? And then I like, I see this look on my mom's face and she's just like, okay, like, we just need to have a talk. And I'm like, okay, like, what's up? What's going on? She's like, let's talk upstairs. So she takes me upstairs and um, we go into the master bedroom and she starts going into like detail about like heaven and all these things and all this stuff. And I'm like 10 years old and I think I'm like the smartest person ever. And I'm like, mom, I know what happened. It's okay. And then she was like, what? And I was like, grandma passed away. Oh man. And I was so sure, like, cause I, like she's talking about heaven. She's doing all these things. My family members are here. She's here. And my grandma was like kind of sick at the time too. So that was like what I rationalized in my brain. So I was like, yeah, gr- grandma passed away. And she, the look on my mom's face, like, I know she was just like, I can't believe I have to tell my daughter this right now. Like, this is insane. So she turns to me and she was like, no, actually, like, your father passed away. Um, And honestly, that's like the last thing that I remember, honestly, because I feel like my mind kind of went blank at that point. So she said that. And I, I remember her talking. But then I told my mom, I was like, can you give me a second? And she was like, okay. And I was like, I need to be by myself. And she was like, okay so she leaves me in the master bedroom and I remember I just like start crying and kind of just saying like God like why me like I was like why did this happen to me I'm very confused and I'm just like crying laying in the bed just very intense but background story as to how it happened so my brother and my dad they go out to play basketball And um, on their way back, my brother had his driver's permit at the time. I believe he was 15 or 16. And my dad wasn't feeling good. And he was like, Derek, can you drive? Like, I'm not, I'm not feeling good. So my brother was like, yeah, of course. So my brother starts driving. And then literally my dad has like a massive heart attack in the passenger seat. And like, still to this day, honestly, I have not talked to my brother about it. Like, I'm actually like, very, not excited, but like, I'm ready to send this podcast to him just so he can like, see and hear like how I feel about it. But yeah, so my dad ends up having um, the heart attack next to my brother. And my brother's the one who has to call 911, try to resuscitate him, get him to the hospital, like all those things. And that was another reason why I never wanted to bring it up to my brother, because I just never wanted him to relive that moment of like trying to bring his dad back to life and like having to take his dad back to the hospital. Like it's been 21 years, but like I just never would want to put my brother back in that moment in time. You know, I so, sometimes I have questions like what what was he feeling or like did he what were his last words or things like that, but it's just like I don't know. My brother is also a Pisces. Sorry, we talk about Pisces a lot. I know the <laughs> listeners are like, what does that have to do with anything? But yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, I just never wanted to do that to him. But that is how he ended up passing away. He passed away in the hospital. Um, and I remember it was a decision for my mom. It was like a vegetable situation. Like, do you want us to like, the heart attack was that massive. So it's like, he's going to be a vegetable or like we can pull the plug, you know? So my mom had to make that decision, which is also just like a a crazy decision to make. And so all these things were going on while I'm at McDonald's and at my uncle's house. You know what I'm saying? I forgot about McDonald's. Yeah, no, exactly. So when, at first, when I like knew everything that was going on, I used to be so upset. Like, why was I the last person to know? Like everybody knew except me, like what was really going on. But when I think about it, I know my mom was like, just trying to protect me as much as possible. And like, I'm actually happy that like the last vision of my dad I have is like walking down the stairs. Like, 
I can't even imagine what my brother's vision is. My brother was like in the hospital and like, you know, in those moments. And my last thing was like, love you, dad. Like, see you later, you know? And so I'm very thankful that uh, I had that, you know, that I got that. But um, yeah, that's how it all went down. It's interesting because we have such different experiences, but I see so many similarities and not to you know relay this back to me because I don't understand what you went through experientially, <clears throat> but you mentioned when you first talked to your mom, you you remembered up to a certain point, right? Mm-hmm. And I can relate to that because I had I was on a podcast today talking about my story a little bit, and I only remember up to a certain point. It was the moment of finding out. So I, I wonder if there's a correlation there. And then it's also right. ironic. I'm gonna bounce around a little bit, but it was it's kind of beautifully poetic because you were angry at your mother for or your people are not telling you, but then you understood later as to why they were protecting you. And then I'm correlating that with how you haven't had a conversation with your brother. And it seems as if you didn't have a conversation with him because you were protecting him. Right. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. And I and I, want, and it's, I love how this might be an outlet to maybe start that conversation. I don't want to talk about your brother because I know he's not here, but, you know, has there ever been a moment of, him expressing that he didn't want to talk about that because sometimes, you know, maybe talking about it is a good thing or maybe you're exactly right about maybe he doesn't want to relive that. But sometimes I feel like reliving those experiences is also an outlet for getting that out. Right. But maybe You I- know, honestly, there hasn't been. So maybe that was just like you said, maybe it was just my feelings of wanting to protect him and his emotions for like this long. Because honestly, I do feel like my brother would be open to having the conversation. My brother is one of the like biggest family guys ever. My brother recently just had a daughter. He also has like a son on the way. And like, he'll say things to me too. Like, I know dad would like love to see me here at this point, you know? So it's like, he still mentions my dad and like, um, the anniversary of my dad's, um, day that he passed away was February 16th. And I remember him like calling my mom and myself and he was like, yeah, I'm making dad's chili now. So he's still like, talks about him, you know, maybe, maybe I'm fearful to have the conversation. Actually, now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, (laughs) Maybe it's me. Yeah, I was, I'm, happy I'm, you, like, I'm happy you said that because I feel like I would have came up with an asshole. Yeah, just like I'm saying, like, it's, maybe it's me. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. You, you got to discover that for yourself. I'm not here to point any fingers, but it, that could be a thing too where, yeah, you're, you're, I, I still believe the intentions there to protect your brother. Right. But maybe you're protecting yourself because of what maybe will come out of it, especially losing someone at a young age, at least my own experience. And what I've heard from people that know a lot more than me on this topic, there is that, you know, defense mechanism that the body does, especially at a young age. It almost like, protects you the, now your body protects you from experiencing such overwhelming trauma right but then sometimes that shows up down the line so in regards to i mean two-part question again i guess was there anything at that you do not remember a lot of things even like 10 12 11 12 13 14 15 of that process of how you felt because i know i don't so i'm curious to see if there's anything you remember how you felt i do i actually do um i definitely like i grieved for I mentioned this when I came to Rose episode for maybe like 15 years and it was like little things. Um, I remember hearing like the Luther Vandross dance with my father song. Oh, like it was the most triggering song for me at that time. Like it would come on the radio and I would like be in the backseat driving and would just like burst into tears. And like, it was just like little things. So it's like, I, I remember distinctly, like you said, actually, there was a lot that I blacked out, but there are like distinct moments, like, again, that song that would just, you know, live in my memory of like, wow. Yes. Yeah, and I feel like I could, I remember 
moments for sure. And I don't know if it goes, again, I don't know if I'm just blaming it straight on, you know, trauma protection or just me being so long ago. And maybe it's a blend of both. Right. Because my mom always brought up a story about, and I don't remember this, but I guess I was holding it in for so long and she didn't really see, even though I cried the first time I saw the towers go down and blah, 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 and all over 9-11 right now. But besides that, my mom remembers a part where I like came into her bedroom and just started just like sobbing, like not just crying, like I let like all this shit out. I don't remember that. And it seems like such a pivotal moment for like, for me to get shit out at such a young age, experiencing that so fresh. But I don't, I don't remember that. And part of me gets pissed off that I don't remember things. So I don't, does that, does that bother you at all that you don't remember things? Or do you feel like it helped you get through it? And has anything come up later down the line? I would say now it bothers me a little bit more. Actually, this like last Thanksgiving, my mom, she's so cute. She found a bunch of like old VHS tapes. So my uncle David, <laughs> my uncle David, he's like a main character in the story. <laughs> um, he is a um, like Oscar nominated documentary filmmaker. Um, and he used to document everything of us growing up. So like family parties and things like that. Um, so for Thanksgiving, my mom like got with him and got the VHSs and she got them, you know, put onto like digitally remastered so we can watch them and I I remember watching them back and like I didn't even remember my dad's voice like hearing my dad's voice I was like oh this is what my dad sounded like and it was so trippy to me I was like how did I not remember like my dad's voice like when I think of my dad it's kind of like a like a movie it's like I see him and it's like visions and it's like there's memories, but it's weird because like the voice isn't there. So seeing those videos and seeing him engage and like seeing his personality, I'm just like, wow, like this was like, this was my dad. And I'm so thankful for my mom for like getting those VHSs and showing us that. Cause I'm like, what memories am I harboring of my dad? If that's the case. Cause I'm like, I don't know. So, wow. I don't know. I think about that too, because I, I we have a, uh home videos all over the place and I and part of me I, I don't forget my dad but there's little things that I do watch I forget these little idiosyncrasies that he had and it's nice to have those videos and and bring stuff back so in regards to bringing stuff back would do you remember at any point in your life having a hard time down the line or do you feel like you I don't know just kind of not coasted there like it was easy but do you remember anything that stood out or whatever it was two years later 10 years 15 years whatever it's been was there anything that specifically came up emotionally for you that you feel like you had to work out or still have to work out even? I feel like it shows up even daily. Like I, even like in my dating life and having to date, and I know like it's it's a weird conversation to get into like dating without having a father and like, you know, like the love that you get from your father and then seeking it in men. Like it's a whole other conversation. Yeah, real. That, that, that we can get into, you know what I'm saying? So that definitely is something that's, present in my life that has to come up that I've had to work through but just all different things even thinking about like my wedding you know yeah. and things like that and I remember my, having a conversation with my brother about it and just like who's gonna walk me down the aisle my brother was like I obviously am gonna walk you down the <laughs> yeah. aisle like yeah. obviously you know and I'm just like wow this is crazy so it's like yeah it's moments like that um have you, have you been vocal about it because I'm curious you mentioned you don't really, you didn't really talk to your brother about his personal experience but have you have you been vocal about it with anyone? Have you ever talked to anyone, your family, or this, that, and the other? I feel like I've had good conversations with my mom about it, which is good. I love my mom. We're very close. We have very open conversation, very open dialogue. So, like, she's the person who I can, like, 
really talk to. Um, and then I do have a few other close friends who do know the full story and everything like that. So, yeah. So I, I have I have opened up about it, which is good. It's not it's not totally just stuff down there, but do you feel like there is a little stuff down? You know what? Um, possibly. Um, I feel like I've been like in and out of therapy for years. So um, that is something that I've like worked through. But I don't feel like the healing journey is ever really done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like it goes in waves and then different things will come up as you hit different accolades in your life and do different things. Like even right now in my career, like assuming the success that I have, like as a DJ and stuff, like I'll just be like, wow, I, I wish my dad was here to recognize this. Like my dad was one of the first people, when I grew up in a very musical household, but like my dad would always buy me CDs. Like I just, I was listening to Britney Spears the other day and I distinctly remember like, wow, this is like a CD my dad bought me. And he was like, here you go. I know you'd love this. <laughs> and I'm like, I do love this Britney Spears <laughs> album. You are right, dad, you know? And like even, wow, Usher, you got it bad. I just made a remix to that. Very shameless plug. Um, but Wow, I was actually, where's the sounds at? So I'm doing, sorry to interrupt. No, you're good, you're this good. This is not worth the interruption, by the way. <laughs> but I'm going to, for my birthday next week, I'm doing karaoke with my sisters. I was thinking about hitting, you got it bad. But you I was have like, to. But I was like, is that, that going to, besides the fact that I'm not going to be able to hit those notes, is that <laughs> going to be a problem in ruining the mood at a karaoke? No, it's a good one. Okay. It's a good one. Everyone's going to hit that first note. I just Everyone, that, uh, that, that's, yeah, that's exactly. all I'm excited for. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, everyone's going to hit it. But like, there's actually like a distinctive memory I have of my dad of like being in the car and like us singing that back and forth. Like, you know, like that was his jam. So triggers. Yeah, exactly. Triggers. And you mentioned the wedding. It's like there's, I think that's why it's, it's part of the healing process. As we continue going, there's new, like, like you kind of mentioned, there's new milestones. You change as a person regardless. So there's like new triggers that come up and things you might have not thought about at 15, 16, 17 that right. you're thinking about now. So it's, um, it, it is a, it is a process, but it's just, you know, it is important to, it took me a while to be able to talk about it. And I think there is power to just talking about it. You're not, you have to like find an answer. I feel like most of the time just getting that shit out is a relief. And then by getting it out and by saying it out loud, you start realizing things you start uncovering things that you even know were there. I was, I forget what guest it was or who I spoke to, but they mentioned something of the sort. I think it was hospice nurse, Julie. That's who it was. She brought up something about after grieving her friend that, she didn't even know she was carrying this anger towards her friend. And I'm, I'm, Julie, if I'm butchering this, I apologize. But she was she was feeling some sort of resentment or anger, I believe, towards her friend who died years, like maybe even decades before, a decade before, whatever it was. And she didn't know she was carrying that the whole time until one day she was, I think she was doing uh, the 12-step program or something about getting sober. And it was, she was free riding or something of the sort and it uncovered it. So she even, she had this feeling inside her and didn't know until years later based on some like, exercise or whatever she was doing about something else. And then it came out. So I feel like that happens. Whether you're intentionally doing it or not, shit just comes out when you least expect it. You don't even know what it is. No, exactly. Um, This is us. Do you watch This Is Us or are you familiar? No. Oh, my I thought you were gosh. talking about like us oh, in the room. Like, us, this is yeah. us. No, This Is Us, the show, like Mandy Moore. I love Mandy Moore, but no. Oh, my gosh. Back it's, today? This is Mandy Moore still around? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's one of the most phenomenal shows. Like, I believe it has like six seasons, but phenomenal writing, phenomenal directing, like acting, everything like... Uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen This Is Us, because I'm about to get into it. Um, but one of the main storylines is how Mandy Moore's husband passed away. And it's like how the kids are coping with it. And there's like one specific scene where um, 
the dad passes away and Mandy Moore is like scrambling and doing all these things. And then she has this conversation with the dad's best friend. And he's like, how are you doing? And she was like, how do you think I'm doing? I'm about to go and have the most uncomfortable conversation with my kids ever. Like, I I don't even know how to, I'm about to let them know one of like the most heartbreaking things that they'll ever hear in their life. I have to deliver this message. Like, how do you think I'm doing? And then I remember she turned to him and she was like, and you better get your, your stuff together and pull it together for the kids. Like, and we need to be strong for the kids. And then she walked in and delivered the message. And honestly, like after watching that, I was just like, it made my heart like melt for my mom. Like I was just like, wow, my mom really had to do this. Like my mom really had to like, okay, I have to go and deliver this message to my kids right now. Like this is is crazy. But that scene in particular was like very triggering, but also very like cathartic just to see. And And I'm glad that they're even telling those stories because then it makes you not feel alone. It's like, okay, more people in life are going through this. You know what I'm saying? It's not just me. Because, I mean, even though it is a show, it's telling a story of, like, what is really going on in life. But, whew, Mandy Moore. <laughs> took that, I'm like, I cried through that episode. I've watched that episode so many times, and I'm just like, oh, Tr- my gosh. It's, fucking triggers, man. That's, man. Another, that's another one. What, I mean, what do you— General question, Boot. What do you think you've learned the most from your experience of losing your father? There's going to be the number one, you know, just right. some things. What I've learned the most is that, like, even though their, like, physical bodies may be gone, you know, I do truly feel like his energy will always stay with me. And I know people, like, have said that. You know, you hear that, like, they're always in your heart, you know, that little thing. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, as you're, like, grieving. But as I'm, like, getting older, I'm just like, no, my dad is, like— here with me. Like, he is here. His presence is here. And, like, even when, like, I pray and I talk to God, like, I'll have moments where I'm like, all right, Dad, like, this is what I'm doing today. And I'll, like, kind of talk directly to him. So that's something that I've learned. I'm just like, okay, he's not—he's gone physically, but I really do strongly feel like his presence is still surrounding me. So, yeah, that's that's definitely something that I've recognized through this experience. Probably the most distinctive. Right. Is that is that experience of losing someone so young, has that changed? What does that, I guess you can't say change because, you know, you're 10 years old. Oh or maybe, gosh. but what has it done to your yes, perception of I, death? It is. I have to, like, <laughs> mentally, like, tell myself to be empathetic when people tell me that. Because, like, in my mind, I've— uh, Wait, when they tell you what? That somebody has passed away. Sorry, oh, okay. I didn't finish that sentence. It's okay. Because I— Now, I kind of, like, train my brain. Like, I love my mom, but still, like— it's weird. Every day, I'm just like, I'm going to lose my mom. Like, I think about it every day, and I'm just like, I love on her so much, but I still keep the like, okay, she is going to die. Like, it's which sounds very morbid, but it kind of helps me with everything. Um, but when people deliver to me messages like, this person passed away, or this person, I'm just like, okay, well, you know, that's life. Like, I'm just so like, okay, yeah, that's, that's just what happens. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I should be nicer and more empathetic because this is like their first time losing somebody that's like you know close and like serious to them so that's something that I've learned because it's made me very no cynical isn't the word it's like I'm I don't know my just understanding of death is so like like they're gonna die I don't want to say desensitized but no I think that's actually a good word yeah that's actually a good word so as I've gotten older I've literally tried my best when um People have, you know, close family members and stuff passed to not just go to like, yeah, that happens. Like, 
and really think about like, how did you feel when your father passed away? That's where they're at currently. So, you know, be there for them in that way. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So yeah. it's, it's numbed you a little bit to other experiences. And so that thought process of you con- maybe contemplating death and the, then, you know, the, immort- the mortality of your mother, is that, does that make you embrace life differently or like the time with her? Is that, is that what you're oh, saying? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like I love my mom. I actually call my mom every day. I call my mom every day. Even if we talk for like two minutes, I'm like, you good? Like, yeah. <laughs> we're good. Um, even yesterday, like, she didn't—I called her, like, four times, and she didn't answer, and I was like—in my mind, I was like, we're good. Everything is fine. And then she called me, like, an hour later, like, oh, I was just taking a nap. And I was like, Mom, you know you can't take naps. What are you talking about, a nap, Mom? You can't take a nap when I'm calling you? Like, are you crazy? It's so funny. But, um, no, it's just really made me, like, really just appreciate my relationships and be grateful for all the relationships and friendships I have and, like, just pour love— into everyone as much as possible because again it's cliche to say but it's like you never know when it's like the last conversation literally the last time you're gonna talk yeah, to that's somebody real. It's, so. cliche. it's cliche for a reason for a reason exactly yeah we yeah, say it's cliche like that's why it's a cliche because it's real exactly yeah it happens are, are you do you think we should be afraid of death i personally am not afraid of death at all how i will die i'm more afraid of like the way I would die, you know, drowning, shot, da, da, that is more terrifying than actually dying. Um, I was raised Christian, and um, my mom is probably not going to like this portion of the podcast. Mom, tune out. I know. We're like, okay, hey, mom, we're done. Um, <laughs> but at this point in my, like, spiritual and religious journey, I feel like I'm a lot more spiritual now than I am religious. I am very thankful of my Christian background and like, I love Jesus. Jesus is awesome. Shouts out to JC. Um, I think he's an awesome teacher, but I do feel like um, there's other levels of spirituality that I have found more comfort in um, and has helped me understand like even being a human on this planet um, and what happens after. Like I do believe in like past lives. I do believe like in reincarnation and things like that. So now with those beliefs, it's helped me to kind of cope with death because I do feel like, you know, the next time around, I will still be with my dad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do feel like he's in my soul family, whether or not we, he comes back as my dad, like he might be my son next or, you know, but I do feel that way. And it has helped me cope with a lot. What has led you to these it's just gravitational feelings yes, towards it? Um, actually, it was one person in particular, Dolores Cannon. Oh, yeah. She just reposted something on my podcast. Said, well, she's not alive. Yeah, I was going to say, with the ghost yeah, yeah, of Dolores. So I, no, I didn't know that. And I was like, and because I, I, I saw her Facebook, Dolores' Facebook page is Dolores Cannon. Yeah. And I, someone told me I got to check her out, listen to her, something about her. So I didn't know her history. And then I, she, she, her Facebook page, like, uh, either commented on my thing or retweet or reposted something and I respond, oh my God, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And then people, and then I got a response from whoever manages the page. Oh my God, Dolores isn't running. I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a loser. Right. Like, what did I just do? And then she was super polite about it, but like, I, the page says Dolores, like how many, you don't see a Facebook right. page says Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson says this. On, like, it was just, I don't know. That's true. I didn't know the history, but she, the person who, who managed, I think it's someone related and she was super sweet and I, I kind of got connected to her. But ironically, that page reposted something I made today. So that was my silly story. You need story. a medium to come through and like have Dolores, like get a medium on your show and then have them channel Dolores like that, they do with Abraham Hicks. That card right there, Tara is an actual medium. She's been sitting in your seat before. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I will definitely 
Yeah. Get her number before I leave. Um, so do you believe in that that world? Yeah, I do. I, like, strongly believe in it. Actually, like, it's funny because I wasn't even, like, looking to get into Dolores and everything that she does. I was on YouTube. I don't even remember what I, like, typed in. I think it was just, like, what what is the world about? It was, like, some, like, generic statement. And then, like, one of Dolores' videos popped up. And then I, like, I watched her video through. And then after that, it was, like, I spy- I was, like, a spiral. I was, like, <laughs> oh, wait, like, what's going on? And, yeah, like, with her research and, like, all the things that she's done and the conversations that she's had and, like, all the hypnotherapy and the people regressing to their past, past lives and things like that, I'm just, like, I feel like there's something to this. And, like, I... Also, at this point in my life, I'm, like, really big on trusting, like, my gut and my intuition and, like, something about, like, what she's teaching and, like, the studies that she did. I'm like, I, I kind of feel like this is accurate. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is the thing. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's what you resonate towards. Exactly. You know, I, I get a lot of kickback on this for, you know, people having their own, like, whatever, believe whatever you want to believe if it makes you feel good. Um I believe I, I, you know, everything's energy as we discussed in this podcast. So if energy doesn't can't get destroyed as we discussed. It's like it's going somewhere. So if you why can't you read that shit? Right. You know, but but you know, you know it's a, we'll find whatever out. gets you through exactly, yeah. and we'll we'll find out for sure. Whatever gets you through. Is there anything as you know, cause losing for anyone listening that's lost someone prominent in their life at a young age? Is there anything that I don't know you ponder about more than anything at this point in your life? How old are you right now? I'm 31. 31, okay, mm-hmm. 33. Uh, is there anything that comes to mind as a 31-year-old woman thinking about losing your dad at 10 years old, whether it's through some of the processes or anything of the sort? Is there anything that sticks with you the most right now? That comes to mind as to like to give someone advice to help them or just— That works too. I was thinking you're, you personally. like, is there, I, I kind of asked the question earlier about what you think you have to still work out, but is there anything prominent thinking back at that experience that you wonder about, about what you went through? I used to think, like I said, um, in that moment, like I was so like, why me? Right. That's you know? what I want to— that, that, Does that still stamp, stick by you? I, um, that go, I go back and forth with that, actually. Like some days I'm like— still like why me some days like when i'm like down bad i'm like oh i know if my dad was here it would not be like this you know but we're all dealt different hands you know so it's just like how you play your cards is the most important is what i've learned um and i feel like that is what has stuck with me the most so like i really try to not sit in that why me energy um because again like You've lost your father at a young age as well. It's like you're not alone in this experience. Like, we're not alone, guys. Like, so, which is also the most comforting yeah, thing as that, well. That's why it's beautiful to have these conversations because yes. you're not, even though we experience it differently and you can't relate, you know, apples to apples, but, you know, you're not, we're not. We're, we're all going to handle this shit. So, is there anything that you've done? I know you said you've gone to therapy, but is there anything, any specific way you play your hands to get through those? questions and honestly it's trying to live the most authentic life and the like the best life that I know my dad would like be proud of so that's like with everything like with my work with my art I just try to stay really diligent about like doing things that are very like close to my heart and not working and doing things that make me miserable really it's just made me make the best out of my life that's like what it's really like pushed me to it's like there are going to be traumatic things that happen in life, but it's like you really just have to make the best out of it. And 
It's also, honestly, now that I'm processing it in my mind now, it's made my relationships with others very interesting. And I didn't know that for a long time because losing my dad, I used to like rely on the fret, like the love of my friends, you know, and things like that. And then like, if I felt like abandoned by my friends or things like that, I would like go down this spiral or like feel a certain way. And I'm like, why am I feeling this way? But it's like when I think back, I'm like, okay, I have abandonment issues. I'm doing air quotes. I have abandonment issues. So it's like the things that I long from my friends. It's like, there's a lot of voids. There we go. There's a lot of voids that I try to fill through like my friends and different relationships and different things like that. So that's been like one of the main things that I've had to like work through with the hand that I've been dealt is just like understanding that, yes, I went through this and your friend may still love you and they're going to love you at the extent that they can love you, you know, and um, not to put expectations on them to try to build, like fill the void of my deceased father. Wow. Okay. So what took, how did you realize that? Were you questioning why you felt certain ways? Yeah. So that, I want to say that like epiphany or realization happened, I want to say over the last like five or six years. Cause I've had like rocky things with friendships and stuff happen. And, and in my mind, I'm like, why is this happening? And I think it's because I'm just putting so much emphasis on like riding for them and the love and the loyalty and like expecting them to reciprocate that. And like people reciprocate in different ways. And then like, even with friends, it's like, not everybody has the same friendship style. Like for me, it's like, I consider friends, my family, because like when my dad passed away, like my mom, you know, went and had to cope with it herself. My brother went and coped with it in his way. And I don't really feel like we were that close at that time. So I really was pouring into my friendships and like pouring, like I used to always be at my friend's house who like, it was their mom and dad. Like Christmas, I would go to their house and like got, and I would like look and enjoy the family experience kind of, because I would like see their family and everyone's opening gifts. And I'm like, I was happy that I was there. I'm like, yeah, but... Then I'm like, wait, I, I don't have this. This is weird. But I don't know. It was it was very interesting. I don't know. I was going off on a very strange tangent there. Not um, strange at all. No, this but, is interesting. To ha- how you, I'm interested in how people, because that's a pretty significant epiphany to have, to correlate those actions and whatnot that you do and bring it back to your experience with your father. That's like, that's a real, that's a real deep moment for you to figure out. So I'm curious how that unravels because I, people I, I talk to have certain, you know, realizations, this or that, and correlate it back to traumas. I'm just curious how that's unpacked. So that's, that's amazing. That's powerful. Yeah, that's it fucking is. powerful for you to do that and have that awareness to do that and then bring it back to how you, your other relationships are. It makes me think, I guess, you know, when we have those voids based on missing so-and-so, whatever your situation may be, how, it can turn into a good thing. Like those are all good things that you're doing in regards to pouring your heart out and love, loving these other people in your life. But it seems like the way you're explaining it can be too much. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yes. In that, even it, though the intentions are great. Yeah, you know the I mean? intentions are great, but it's like not everyone is in a space to like put you before their brother. You know what I'm saying? Yes, like, yeah, yeah. it's like not everyone's in that space, girl. Yeah, you they, know? they have a father. We don't. They have like, <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thought, you know, because usually I think about those positive things you can pull from this experience, and 
and doing exactly what you were saying, but I there that is an interesting thought of how okay you might be putting too much on those people because they don't see, they're not they don't have the same experiences they're not in the same space, so I, I kind of we have these different uh, love languages as you will, and uh, that's some real shit. Exactly. I commend you for that. <laughs> Thanks. You think you're still working on that, or you think? I think I'm still working on it, but I, honestly, I feel like this is the best I've ever felt as far as my like evolution of like grief. I'm like, I finally feel good. That's why like when I got to come with Roland to do his episode, I was like, oh, I definitely want to do this. Yeah, I love that. Like I was like, I, I, yeah, I'm like, I'm ready to, you know, tell this story and like, and to talk about it and to get into depth about how I feel like, but like five years ago, that probably would not have been the case. What do you think? What is that shift just based on your your, your progress and evolution? Mm-hmm. Like you said, you just feel just, ready? Mm-hmm. Based on my growth, evolution, and just like all the work that I've done on myself as a person, which I think is really important. Um, I think that everyone should constantly, you know, re- regardless of what loss or anything is happening in your life, like just constantly working on like evolving and like learning your emotions, learning your triggers, learning what like makes you feel different ways. And I feel like in diving deep and figuring out those triggers for me has just helped me evolve to this point where I can, you know, have these honest conversations and not feel away. And I'm just like, this is, you know, this is my story. (laughs) Do you think you're going to, do you think you're going to talk to your brother? I think so. I think this might, I think this might prompt it. This might, this might be it. I'm like, you feel confident about that? I don't know why I'm nervous (laughs) about it. I'm like, I mean, you did, listen, everything you said about your brother, he seems like a marvelous man. He's seems like a so loving. phenomenal. There Shout out, Derek. I love you. Well, Derek, if you're listening, you know, <laughs> you don't have to come on the podcast, but, you know, it seems like it might be good for you, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Oh, my him. gosh. Yeah. I would love for my brother to come on this podcast. Why don't you guys talk first and we'll figure it out right now. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> so, for sure. So, I don't want to have like separate conversations with you guys and then you and both then have to I'm listen like, to each other's podcasts. Right, I learn everything about like what happened from my brother's perspective yeah, from now, your podcast. Now you don't have to talk anymore. <laughs> so I'm happy that you said, you know, today you feel like you're in a really good place. So I answered one question by asking how you are today. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you might say to someone that's grieving or or even in particular to your case, someone that's lost someone a long time ago? Yes. Um, it gets better. Like, you'll be fine. It may feel like it hurts and you're like, you'll never get out of this hurt and you'll never learn how to cope with this hurt. But like, you will. Just like anything else that like you've gotten over in your life, like, it's not that like you'll just get over the death, but like, you'll find other ways to to feel okay about it and to feel good about it. And it's it's not the end of the world. It is a part of life, unfortunately. But like, as long as you have like people around you to support you, like that's what I think is really important too. Really like just finding that person that you can be open with, be honest with, that you can talk to when you do want to share your feelings. If you are missing that person, if you're not vulnerable enough to just, you know, talk about that situation with everybody. But yeah, so just that everything's going to be okay. Find your person. Like, life really goes on, and that person will always live in your heart, but, like, like you'll be okay. And they'll honestly, like, be the reason why you do some of the best things in your life. Like, even with you starting this podcast, like, that stemmed from a very, you know, dark situation that happened in your life, and now you have transformed that into a beautiful platform where people can talk about it and share their grief and not feel alone. So, like... Death almost is like a catalyst to, you know, the next 
thing that you're supposed to be doing in life and kind of like setting up your purpose. So it's just, it's all how you think about it. You really have to think positively about everything. And like, I know death isn't the most positive to th thing to think about initially, but you can make good things come out of anything if, if you choose, if you choose so. I know. And the woman sitting right across from me is an example of what she's preaching. So, you know, I, I think to add on to that and to not even to add on to it, just to co-sign what you just said. It's like in the moment, if I could, like people, I, I could see, I could see myself like being in the middle of grief right now, hearing what we're saying, and be like that's bullshit. Exactly. You had something ex different experience. Yes, you're right. Totally different experience, and we haven't felt what you felt. But I've seen time and time again, you can get out of it. It's a choice, and it takes time, and it's, it, time. and it's not gonna whatever this blah 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 I'm saying right now. It's not gonna seem like it if you're deep in it right now. It's not gonna feel like that right now, and it's probably not even what you want to hear, but. Try to latch on to some idea that you can. I think that's really it. Time heals wounds. Seriously. Yeah, you might have a scab. I have a scar on my hand, it he but it healed. It might not look pretty anymore, but it healed. Exactly. You know what I mean? So there's a little reminders here and there that it's still there, but um, it's closed up and, you know, it's a little patched up. Exactly. Allison, I appreciate you. Um, thank you for sharing your story. Oh, of course. And if there's, a, I know you just gave us already a little bit of a mic drop, but if there's anything you want to say about what we talked about or anything you got coming up about yourself, this is a freestyle version of you right now if you want. Gotcha. Yeah. Again, thank you so much for having me. Like, I really love, like I said, everything that you're doing. I think this is an amazing platform um, for myself. Yeah. I have like a lot of music and different things that are coming out, which I do feel like is a celebration of my dad because. Again, my dad was like somebody who was like a very big music influence in my life. So me being able to like play music, um, I'm, I am a DJ and share my music and share my mixes with the world is, is awesome. Um, and yeah, and you can find those on my Instagram and my SoundCloud at Allison James, A-L-Y-S-E-N James. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course, another perfect example of getting through it, guys. So thank you for tuning in and another episode of Dead Talks. We out.